You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Keith Johnson. Me, Rob, with sails unfurled. Alan Seiler. We're not Nova Squadron, we're Nova Fleet. <laughs> and Veronica Daschle. Hi. <laughs> and if you haven't guessed tonight, we're going to be talking about the two-part finale of Star Trek Lower Deck Season Ooh. 4. Yay. But before we get into that, Keith, do we have any This Week in Trek this week? Yeah, we got a couple of, of interesting history things. This is all old school, folks, so sorry about that. But uh, <laughs> And this all is on November the 3rd, 19... Uh, the, the 3rd of November. 3rd of November, 1966. The final script was delivered for one of the most iconic Star Trek episodes in history, and that is Arena. Oh. Mm. The show. Yeah. Uh, that show is as Trek as Trek gets. It's got action. <laughs> it's got aliens. It's got funky costumes. And it's got the lesson. Mm-hmm. Well, it's even got Kirk doing something. I don't know how this man could just walk around and figure out how to make gunpowder because he saw some stuff on the ground. <laughs> he would just start with Academy, man. They teach you. Yeah, that stuff. that's right. Yes. They, they teach you to survive in any <laughs> environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And after we heard in Lower Decks, I'm going to be surprised if there was a seminar on like making gunpowder. <laughs> uh, great episode. Of course, introduced the Gorn. And, and what's that place whose name I'm completely blanking on? It's the oh. famous. Cessus pl- 3? No, the. Um, the Vasquez Rocks? Thank you. It's got the famous scene where Kurt goes up to the great music and rolls this boulder like five stories on the Gorn, and the Gorn gets up and makes a little thing. A great episode. Great episode. And. Um, one other one that I thought was very interesting, and we were just talking about this before we aired. Um, I wasn't going to say anything about this, but also November 3rd, a year later, talk about a change in tone. The episode I Mud aired. <laughs> <laughs> Completely different tone from Arena. You can sort of chart the, the direction Star Trek went, <laughs> looking at what year to year, what episode they were working yes. on. yes. But, you know, you got to give them credit because these were a bunch of really, really good, talented, dramatic actors, mm-hmm. Shakespearean actors and stuff. And for them to get and do silly stuff and have fun with it. I mean, you got to give them some credit. I mean, I can't not see Chekhov jumping up and down or the stupid thing where the one robot slaps, uh, slaps the guy because she likes him. And it just goes on and on. Or Spock doing the little thing. I am lying. And Norman's head explodes pretty much literally. <laughs> I, I like I'm at my mud. I think it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. And then the last one, same date, in 1996, 30 years later, the best of the tributes to the original series. That's when the DS9 episode Trials and Tribulations aired. Yeah, nice. We were just that's talking about the other night. Yeah. That's a great yeah. episode. That it's is a great. superb. And it holds up so well. It yeah. does. You when you watch it now, the effects do not date. Yeah, mm-hmm. they did everything so incredibly well. Blending the shots from the two different shows mm-hmm. just looks seamless. Still, yep. absolutely unbelievable. The only thing that I noticed, and it's always been me, is the very last scene when Cisco mm, is yeah. smiling at Kirk. 
the look on Cisco's face doesn't look like a guy smiling at his hero or captain. It, or, I'm sorry, Kirk smiling at Cisco. It looks like a man smiling at a woman that he just saw. <laughs> That's the only little well, thing. <laughs> you know. He's a 23rd century person, man. Like, you well, know, this is true. Likeable. Yeah, he might like him bald. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, there, there's a history I mean, of that, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it for track history. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break then before we get into uh, Star Trek Lower Decks. But stay right there because we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Joe Heath. I'm Tony Heath. And we host the Watchathon a Rassilon. A podcast where we're watching through all of classic Doctor Who. Nope, we've already done that. We did? Well, then now what do we do? What do we two do? We review New Who. Ooh, we two review New Who? We do, just for you. Who? Not you, them, the listeners of the podcast. Ah. The Watchathon of Rassilon. Now we review New Who too. Woohoo! Spoilers. Whoop, 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 whoop. Spoilers. Whoop, spoilers. <laughs> whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> it's exciting. Yep. <laughs> and that's spoilers for the the two-part finale of Star Trek uh, Lower Deck Season 4. Uh, I mean, we, we, we've been waiting a week to talk about <laughs> the ninth episode. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, the 10th episode didn't let them down either, though. I mean, this, mm-hmm. is, uh, this has been a pretty uh, spectacular finale. Yeah. 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 Coming at the end of a spectacular season. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They put their foot in it um, on this episode. No doubt about it. And for those who don't know, that's an old country term meaning, uh, okay, another phrase, they were cooking with grease. That better? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was good. And and the reveal of the, the antagonist completely Mm -hmm. caught me off guard. Yeah. Completely caught. Yeah. I didn't see that coming at all. Mm-mm. Yeah, they brought back Nick Lacarno. Yes. Yeah. yeah, dog. I was it's just saying a few weeks ago that I felt like Tom Paris was wasted when he came back. You know, <laughs> that was a yeah. waste of Tom Paris. And um, mm-hmm. they listened to our episode, obviously, and we're like, "Well, quick, back to the drawing board. We gotta, we gotta do right by Robert Duncan McNeil. Um, <laughs> he got to come back as the big bad. Mm-hmm. I know, right." And now, I mean, I, we were talking earlier in the season and I said that, you know, my hope well, for this mysterious thing would it, it be a new alien species mm-hmm. uh, that that didn't work out. No, <laughs> did not. I hope you're OK with the way that they did play it out. Though. I do. I do. Because it was unexpected. And yeah. like Mike McMahon had said in some interviews that this is like this finale is like the ultimate lower decks episode. <laughs> yeah. And he's right. We got Nick Lacarno. We got Cito Jackson. We got um, Wesley Crusher back. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah. And as it was the they... lower deckers from all of the other crews, basically. True. Mm-hmm. As soon as they said early in the episode, we are going to find Nick Lacarno. I was like, holy cow, are we going to get Robbie McNeil back on this show? I was <laughs> so amazing. excited. Yeah. yeah. So excited. Oh, well, I mean, how, what do we think? What about how do we like Nick Lacarno's fate and his portrayal in this episode? I was a little sad about his fate, but okay. 
I, well, I really enjoyed it. They did say his DNA <laughs> is part of this new planet. Exactly. <laughs> we know what that means. We saw that in a movie one We've time. We've seen Star Trek before. Right. We know. <laughs> right, right now, he's at the Black Mountain with the koala, and then uh, he's going to make his way back. How did right. I not even think about that? I can't believe I didn't even think about the fact that they just, they literally told us he could be resurrected. Yeah, I completely they're, they're, missed that. Their the Wrath of Khan ending um, references were too subtle. You <laughs> <Gosh>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Including the boy. music and everything else like right. that. Matt, uh, hang on. Where, where's my cursor? Matt Sweatman says, "The search for Locarno." There you yes. go. That's right. Yeah. That's it. Mm. So going going back to last week's episode, uh-huh. the first part of the two parter, mm-hmm. I was not a huge fan of that episode because it seemed like Mariners like. Oh my gosh, I'm this way because of this one person that I've never ever mentioned before was just completely out of left field and I didn't You're talking about Cito? Yeah. 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 I, I thought that. it was cool though because she's one of the original lower deckers. Yeah, so that next so gen. I one, I didn't make that connection until you pointed it out this week when when you were like <laughs> it was it's Cito. That's that's who that Jorn is. Yeah. Yeah. Did not make that connection when they were talking about it because I don't know the names of characters that are the even main Cito, characters. No, she doesn't even know the episodes she's seen. No, <laughs> well, so one, I didn't make that connection, but two, like this has never been mentioned before. She's never m- mentioned Cedo before, true. and it was yeah. like this whole this is why I am the way I am. Well, and it just seemed like it came out of left field completely. Okay, well, but you know that she's a character who puts up a big front, she's not gonna yeah. talk about this, you know. So, so here's my thing. We know, we know based on nothing but the title that this series was inspired by the episode Lower Decks, Mm -hmm. you know, so thematically it already has sort of a narrative connection to that episode, but now we have a solid character connection Mm -hmm. to Lower Decks. I mean, I just, man, I'm so excited about this. I thought it was brilliant that they tied the show back to that episode in a very specific and very meaningful way. Mm-hmm. And I was so happy about that. Now on the flip side, and this has nothing to do with the episode. This is all about Disney plus they have done things in the past. You mean Paramount plus, huh? No Paramount plus. Uh, <laughs> I've been very much in Dr. Who wrong podcast. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, on Paramount Plus, they have done things in the past where they literally spoil the most important part of the episode by when you like start the episode and it has the little preview screen before yeah. this episode starts playing. Yeah. And like the one time in Prodigy where you saw that the episode was going to include Crusher and Odo and all these people. And I'm like, why <laughs> would you show me that? <laughs> and in this one, the 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 little preview screen, the first word out of Mariner's mouth in the preview is Cedo. And I'm like, what? Oh. Are we gonna get no. <laughs> but I I tell you, man, I, it didn't lessen the impact mm. that that scene had in mm. the episode itself. I was I mm. loved it. Well, Veronica, I could see I could see maybe well, that one thing with her didn't work for yep. you in, in last week's episode. Yeah. It, it was a little out of nowhere, but Everything around it, I did enjoy, like her fight with Ma'al and yeah. uh, 
then when they yeah. do the thing and he tells her basically you're a warrior and then she's like we're allies now we're not allies yes you are and i i, <laughs> I kind of like that and did you did you go on to the fact that the very start of the show and those little crazy thingamajiggy lizards were attacking them that when they put on their anti-venom suits they were the old school space suits from the yes. original series it yes. was great <laughs> yeah I, I i love that um yeah. And yeah, I see what you're saying, Veronica, about it came, yeah. came out of left field. But I mean, they've been building this whole season towards getting to the root of why Mariner is the way she is. So I yeah. think at the end, finding yeah. out that she had a friend from the Academy who died uh, in, in the line of duty, uh, I think I mean, at some point you got to reveal that. Like, the, you know, it's that's how just narrative I wish works. they would have, like, dropped some more hints throughout okay. the thing. Yeah, I can see that. that. That's just, that's I got gotcha. you. I understand that. I totally get that. But, you know, the thing that comes out of left field for me is when Riker's father comes on the Enterprise and Pulaski is like, oh, I know your father. And he's like, you never mentioned it. And she said, well, you never asked, (laughs) which was the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) This, at least they were building up to it. At least they were, you know, on the road to, you know, having a big breakthrough. Yeah, and I, I like the way they've handled Mariner this season. Oh, man. Um, because she, uh, for a while, she was like uber annoying early Lower Decks Mariner, who I also liked, but had those mm-hmm. qualities that mm-hmm. I didn't like. Yeah. And she leaned back. But there's a whole story explanation for that. It's sort of like, um, I mean, I think we're going to get a, a different Mariner coming back in season five. I think we are, too. Yeah. I think that's going to be really exciting. Mm-hmm. All right. Let yeah. me get a stack of comments here. All right. Awesome. Matt Sweatman says, I'd like to... I'd, I'd like trying series lower decks tying oh, frack. I like tying series lower decks to episode lower decks. Whew, that was hard to get out. <laughs> Wayne says, in defense of Veronica, not remembering all the characters, neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> A Facebook user says, do you go around telling everyone about the people you've ever been friends with? Doubtful. She does. I do. Yeah, she probably does. Well, especially if they died, maybe. But some people don't. Some people mm, don't. Right. True. True. And possibly. Sorry, what? <laughs> I do. She said she does. <laughs> possibly the same Facebook user, possibly a different one, says it was revealed. Oh, sorry. It was relevant to know she was friends with Cito now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. I mean, at some point in the narrative, you have to reveal the information. And I, I, I was fine with the way it unfolded. And then. Matt chimes in, to be fair, Mariner doesn't really talk about her past much. Well, she does, but when she does, yeah. it's always like, oh, by the way, I know this Klingon ambassador. Oh, by the it's, way, I know Quark. Oh, by the right. way, like that's just it's part of the way Mariner is. It's exactly. Like, yeah, that time I was on Deep Space Nine, you didn't I didn't tell you about that before? Right. <laughs> yeah, she's gotten around for somebody who wants to be an ensign. Yeah. Still. I mean <laughs> okay. This is you just bring up a thing that makes me jump ahead a little bit. Mm-hmm. No, actually, I guess it's at the no, it's at the end of the first half of this. So I guess we're right on point. Where she's like, all I ever want to be is a is an ensign. I don't want to send people, you know, my friends to their death. If it was good enough for Sito, it's good enough for me. It wasn't good enough for Sito. That's right. the whole point. She was driven. She wanted to advance, and that's why Mariner looked up to her so much. So mm-hmm. I thought that was a really interesting point of dialogue. Yeah, I, I I took it as because an ensign was all she ever was, you know, like, so why should I advance beyond that point? Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess. I guess. It's, yeah. And I thought that, too, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's just the phrasing of it. Yeah. No, Space phrasing. <laughs> so that's very interesting. So that seems to when I was thinking about that, um, 
that means that at some point in time in the past, Mariner was a different person, not the rebel that her parents have been struggling with. Because to what you guys are saying, she pretty much even says Starfleet's not about this. It shouldn't be about killing in battles. It's only about exploration, which is very interesting because, you know, that whole debate about what is Starfleet in the Abrams verse, that weird peacekeeping armada. (laughs) <laughs> which makes no sense, but it's actually both. But I can see why she wouldn't want one the other side of it. Shrax would probably say it's different. Yeah, I mean, she mm-hmm. but she dropped the she named dropped the Dominion War as well. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like we like we saw in the previous season, Lord Dex, we saw that flashback to her as a lieutenant. I think she was a lieutenant at that time um, mm-hmm. when she was in in the bar or whatever. And she mm-hmm. had the first contact style. Like, like she served through the Dominion War, so I imagine yeah. Cito was yeah. just the, maybe the first friend that she knew who died in the line of duty, but not the last. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And that was 13 years before. So after 13 years, she still wants to be an ensign. Like, yeah, Mariner, you might want to. I'm glad she's moving forward now. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's in her early 30s. And we've seen, yeah. you know, that, that episode where Picard experienced the tapestry timeline and he was, yeah. You know, 65 years old and a lieutenant in that timeline. There's, there's, yeah. we've seen plenty yeah. of times when there's like lieutenants who were gray haired. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Right, and and that comes into that play on words in the episode title. Mm-hmm. You know, the inner fight, the inner light. Yeah, right? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which inner yeah. light doesn't relate to the that's mm-hmm. tapestry, but still, it it's that whole like you know reliving a life kind right. of mm-hmm. feeling, and it ties her to Picard. <laughs> All right, Matt says. Mariner is probably afraid to get somebody killed except Boimler. She's perfectly okay <laughs> with getting him killed. Oh, <laughs> she's not. <laughs> so, I mean, were you surprised by the reveal that, I mean, we got a little bit of it. I mean, when that, when we, when we were watching the Ferengi ship and we found out that one of the Ferengi knew more about the situation. Mm. And that was the first one of those little scenes that we got that, that piece of information, but I guess he's been going around sort of sparking uh, mutinies amongst all these different species crews, which, and and I want to rewatch those scenes now because like, yeah, me we, too. I thought it was just cute going along. Like, Oh, we're seeing sort of the interpersonal relationships and all these different ships and different species. And this is kind of nice, but it turned out that no, it was building towards the story because mm-hmm. the, yeah. there was mutinies going on that I didn't pick up on until the Ferengi one. So if there was more obvious ones, <laughs> I didn't catch them. Yeah. Yeah. Neither did I. Neither did I. Yeah. Same here. They not. So, I don't remember them giving an explanation as to um where the like the, the debris from these ships came from, because every time we saw these ships destroyed, there was debris. Right. I, I think there was an explanation, but I can't okay. recall when or where what it was. Okay. Yeah. So if someone remembers that, put it in the comments. And yeah. Mention it. Oh, somebody will. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot on our plates, people. It's, it's too much <laughs> to keep up with random ship debris, too. Right. <laughs> Uh, but I liked, I liked that, uh, like Franklin mentioned earlier, it was like the lower deckers and all the ships mm-hmm. who were, who were mutinies. Like, it's like, you know, all the, the different lower deckers across all these ships that turn out to be the bad guys in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Matt does not chime in with the answer to our question, but does say lower decks is great at hiding important bits of seemingly throwaway lines. True. Very yes. yeah. They're very good at that. Yeah. Or things that you thought were a gag. Yes, and it turns out right. it's important later. Like, uh, like I, I, I just finished rewatching the second part, so I'm excited to talk about the second part. <laughs> what, yeah. what else jumped it out of anybody from the first part? I, I like. I, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead, Veronica. I, I really liked the scene where the 
Ferengi and Romulans were pretending to fight so the Klingon yes. would attack them. <laughs> that was great. That and because you you thought that they were like actually fighting each other, and then you realize mm-hmm. that they're not. They're trying mm-hmm. to work together. It was, that that was that was mildly amusing. And Ferengi, Ferengi and, um, Romulans trying to work together. And then the Ferengi talks about his great plan, and Rom's like, "Yes, yes, you're smart. Okay, you know." <laughs> I thought it was a very interesting strategic thing when um, when um, Ah and. Uh, uh, Mariner were, were allies, and he literally said that the Orion woman was the one they needed to take out, which I which says a whole lot about Orions. Mm-hmm. He said the rest of them are afraid. Of, the rest of them are afraid of him, but he said she was the one. And when he showed up, they all they all gasped. Even the Binars gasped. So they are afraid of him. But it's interesting that he pointed the Orion woman over the Cardassians and Romulans as a threat. Mm. Yeah, that's true. So they're no joke. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've talked about this a few times this season, and I I just want to make note in the first half of this story how much I loved Captain Freeman. Mm. Mm -hmm. Once again, she is in charge, living large. She comes across as incompetent, as not knowing what's going on, but it's all to fool the people she's trying to get information from. Yes. Yep. Well, it's like, girl, you get it. And yep. fooled me too. Mm-hmm. Because I thought it was back to incompetent Freeman. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I've said before, I like, I like when Freeman's confident. So I like that they, they played off of that. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know yet how I feel. I, I've been, I've been for four seasons now wanting Baylock to return. I love yeah. it. <laughs> one of my favorite episodes. But yes. now if they're saying that that's a real species and the Baylock puppet was based on that species, okay. But if they're saying that original Baylock puppet wasn't a puppet, then then I got a, then I got a problem. No, I'm I'm think the first thing you said is okay, what good. Yeah. yeah. I think it has to be a... that whether you mean it or not so I can sleep yeah. at night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that species must be a species in what was it, the first federation? Uh, that must Maybe. be what it is. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I'm thinking. Although like it was it. funny because then he goes, he literally goes, dude, why would make you think I'm a puppet? And his hands <laughs> doing puppet stuff. Right. And his mouth never moved. <laughs> his mouth never quite moved with the words. <laughs> it was that's hilarious. So yeah. it, it, it was, it wasn't just a herky jerky puppet. That's how that species is. Yeah. Apparently so. Yeah. 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 I also think even though they were doing it for laughs, I thought there was something very interesting. What they kept doing in that episode is several people literally kept saying, you think you're better than us because you're Starfleet mm-hmm. over and over. You think you can just waltz in here because you're Starfleet. Even their uniforms. He's like, I know those uniforms. It's a two hour wait. And he goes, oh, later. Oh, it's a two hour. It's another 30 minute wait. <laughs> and then the bounty hunter comes in. Then they had like specials for tripod tripod people that mm-hmm. day. Everybody but Starfleet gets to get in, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, and I, I like that because at first it was like, why are they wearing the uniforms? I mean, I guess yeah. it's a yes. gen kind of a thing. Like they would always mm-hmm. just beam down to these like drug lords or whatever on a planet yes. and they're just wearing their Starfleet uniforms. But, right. um, but I like it. The whole thing was a scam. I, I thought that was really great. Mm-hmm. I did too. I loved it. And I like that Billups got to be the cool sort of almost Star Warsy <laughs> bounty hunter guy. Yes. Dude, he was cool looking. Yeah, it yeah, was. It was. That was awesome. Okay. Talking yeah. about Star Wars, they were riffing Star Wars, weren't they? Because when they first got there, everybody who was manning the station had on those little caps from the the, the people in the Empire did. The dude had a British accent. So I was like, well, they were really riffing Star Wars. <laughs> oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Comments. Matt Sweatman says, I love Rutherford discovering their uniforms have pockets. <laughs> Wayne says, Captain Freeman is Lower Decks' Black Widow. Okay. Here, here. I like that. Yeah. 
Elaine says, don't take away the puppets. Agreed. <laughs> and one of our unnamed Facebook user points out something from the cold open of the second episode that I think we just need to jump right into. Yeah. And that is Cadet Wesley Crusher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. yes. Were you expecting Will Wheaton to pop up? Okay. No. Let, no. let me just say, after the first episode, when we got uh, Locarno at the cliffhanger, Mm-hmm. And we had already talked about Sito. I was like, are we actually going to get Sito next week? I bet we are. I did not expect the whole squadron, though. Right. I did not either. expect Will Wheaton. I was so mm-hmm. excited. And now they've established that Mariner knows Wesley Crusher. Yes. So yeah. That might come in, come around later. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I gotta say, Garrett Wong is probably ready to chew nails at this point. <laughs> They've got to bring him back. Come yeah. on. Given that he does a podcast every single right. week with Robert Duncan McNeil, which has been running for like three or four years. Yeah. Uh, they just finished Deep Space, I mean, a Voyager. So, yeah, I, I really wanted to see, I want to see them find a way to bring him in. Something I thought was interesting. You remember when they said that they had determined that the, the kit, there was a kit, a list of kidnapped civilians, or there was a list of civilians that were possibly going to be kidnapped. Right. And now that you know what Locarno's plan was and the kind of person he was looking for, the list makes sense because on the list was Seven of Nine, Beverly Crusher, who we now know was kind of rogue. Seven right. to nine was a, what did they call them? Fin- ranger. Fin- fin- ranger. 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 Uh-huh. And not Will Riker, but Thomas Riker. Yep. <laughs> That's right. Yep. They're targeting right. the former Starfleet officers who were sort of out there as rogues. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, and I mean, Beverly Crusher would have a, a young child with her too. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Explain that. interesting bit of cross the crossing there this is literally outside of this is literally one of the most intelligently and best written shows i've ever seen in star trek outside Mm -hmm. i mean because they like you were saying earlier they they give you something that's a throwaway you go that was stupid and then it pays off later on and then it's funny and then it's serious and then it gets to the absolute heart of star trek it's Mm -hmm. just amazing the writing they do on this show Mm -hmm. by the end it's just an epic like as epic as any star trek movie has been Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm not supposed to get emotional about characters in an animated show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really liked um, Miggly Moo in the arena. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that was so silly. It was funny. Fluff your dander. Fluff it. <laughs> God, oh, that was good. All right, our Facebook user says, "Baby Clint Howard's character in Corbamite." That okay, that's what the puppet was referring to. Yes, that's right. And Wayne says it sounds like Trek execs are treating Wong like a throwaway. Mm. I don't think so. They well, there there was plans to bring in um in that big like Picard finale. There was supposed to be a captain, uh, captain um um Kim. Yeah, Captain Kim. I just blanked on his name. <laughs> I just can't say Captain Kim. It's my, my brain. Yeah, it, yes, yes. <laughs> but um, but they had to they had to scale it back. But I would be very surprised if Garrett Wong doesn't show up on Prodigy mm-hmm. with all the Voyager stuff on Prodigy. Agreed. That, and that's where I'd rather see him, and rather than just show up as as a as a joke. Yeah. Um, right. You know, I, I'd love to see them actually use um, you know, Ensign Kim <laughs> or whatever <laughs> rank he is, Captain yeah. Kim. And that's actually what he said uh, several months ago. Is he was very disappointed because you're right. He was supposed to show up in, in yeah. Picard, and then they told him, "Well, we're gonna you're gonna show up in Prodigy." And so okay. they they couldn't do both for whatever reasons. 
And then, of course, Prodigy gets canceled and et cetera and all this weird stuff. So we don't really know. But they, that was supposed to be the idea is yeah. they bring him into Prodigy. Now, he's he was a little frustrated because I think he was kind of like, uh, OK, when's it going to happen? So right. we'll see. Yeah. It'll yeah. At some point. I mean, he he needs to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're bringing everybody back. They're going to run out of people if they don't run. If they don't, you know, like they got to yeah. bring everybody back. <laughs> yeah. Won't that be, I mean, look in prodigy, they brought back people who aren't even alive anymore. That's true. Wouldn't it yeah. just be the most hilarious thing if they literally ran through every main and guest character. And then finally they're like, okay, we're, we're out of people. We have to put on cam. <laughs> it's like, you even brought back Leonard Nimoy. I can't get a part. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Matt says, I really felt the callbacks to Wrath of Khan in this finale was up there with the callbacks in Picard season three. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I, I like the the big finale in this one better than that Borg over the 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 whole the whole my problem with Picard season three is that the storyline didn't make much sense at the by the end. Um so I, I thought that this one, the big epic spaceship thing, mm-hmm. I thought worked for me better. Um, than the one of Picard did. Did we not say that every season of Picard? <laughs> I think it made I think it made much more sense in season three than it did True. in the first two. That's, yeah, yeah, you got me there. <laughs> oh boy, that's just funny to hear that again. That old chestnut. <laughs> and then Wayne says, "I say again, Wong is being treated duck's shoe." Nah. Okay, I th- I think he'll he'll show up. I, I would I think be very he surprised will. if Garrett Wong doesn't show up on Star Trek Prodigy. I, I mean, totally you've got agree. Janeway, Chakotay, the Doctor. Um, yeah, I, I would expect to see Lieutenant or Lieutenant Commander Kim. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to happen. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Um, but as far as this episode goes, um, <laughs> I love going back to Orion. They've done a great job with Orion this year. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah, that's, that's what Lower Decks has developed. Mm-hmm. They've developed yeah. the Orions more. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, so many things from the season just all came together in this episode. And I love that. That's just, it's just smart storytelling. When you have all these different little episodic adventures and mm-hmm. then the finale sort of brings all that stuff together with the, the yeah. Ferengi and the Orions and, Mariner storyline and all that stuff. And, you know, um, the captain got a little bit of absolution at the end where they're like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to accept whatever punishment you say. Well, you know what? We think you did a really good job with establishing relations with the Orions for the very first time. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Absolutely. I love that Orion battleship. And I like oh the, the variety God. of the Orion. Yes. I mean, they, yes. Because they also brought back a ship that looks very much like the ones from the Pirates of Orion. Um, right. That, at the end there. <laughs> I, but I like that the big green battleship was cool, too. And they, like, they did the Star Destroyer into the Death Star kind of a thing with it. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I love that. I loved it. Yeah. Plus, it's just such an epic moment. That mm-hmm. ship just piling into that trying our whatever the thing is yeah <laughs> yeah Gates. the the uh, modified tholian web uh, right no not the no tholian web or the thing that q threw up in the series that, pilot of next yeah, yeah it looked more like that or it looked or those, more like that those planetary yeah. shields that they have on star trek picard and on yeah strange mm, world have okay. that same sort of mm-hmm. like this yeah. the, the force fields have a texture now instead of just a shimmery you know right Okay, another very important point from Elaine. 
Boimler did a great job as acting captain. Yeah. Heck and yes. And that's been the sort of the storyline for the Lord Deckers this season was stepping up into a more of a command yeah. role, mm-hmm. leading yeah. away missions and that sort of thing. So I thought that was that was wonderful that he actually he's not playing on the holodeck this time. He actually got to be acting captain of the ship. Right. Yeah. And you see it in Tindy, too, because mm-hmm. she is very much the, one of the, the problem solvers of this right. two parter. She's mm-hmm. the one who comes up with solutions. And and I just want to say to Lynn, man. I'm I love to Lynn. I'm so glad that she's much more regular on the show this season than last season. And I got to say, I'm very happy that she, you know, blew off her former captain because yeah. mm-hmm. she wants to stay where she is mm-hmm. and be science besties. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, they can't be science besties now. I know. Oh, I love that. Episode. I love that moment. Yeah. Don't say it if you don't mean it. <laughs> well, they're gonna have a different foursome next year. Um, to start off with. Yeah. To start we, off with. While we while we get the resolution of I mean, I can't expect I wouldn't expect she's gonna be on Orion very long. It'll probably be right. episode one. It's yeah. right, it'll be the end of episode one, just like yeah. it was with Freeman when she was arrested. You know, yeah. right. They're they're not gonna carry it on beyond one episode, right? No, because they're smart. Yeah. But no. we may see a little bit of a di- different dynamic between them mm-hmm. at the start of the episode. Mm-hmm. Definitely uh, when the show comes back. Uh, it'd be interesting Definitely. to see how Talyn. I, I, I've said this before, but I just think everything Talyn says is hilarious. <laughs> whether she's trying to, whether it's a joke or not, just every every line she has is just. It's hilarious. that delivery yes. and the expression that they draw on her face <laughs> just kills and, me. Every and even time. when they're all walking down the hallway, I notice the others are kind of bob when they walk, and she right. just. Yeah. <laughs> no bobbing, you know. Yeah, she always has the same expression on her face. Yeah. Uh, she's just great. Elaine says. Tindy has come back somehow. Oh, has to come back somehow. Yes. Oh, of course. There's no question of that. Yeah, yeah that'll happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ooh. And Matt says, Kim always being an ensign is starting to get tiresome. So it's time to show him. But it would be funny if he's only a lieutenant junior grade. Yeah, maybe it'd also be funny if he was like surprised. Like he was a commodore. <laughs> You're like, whoa! I think he should be a yeah. yeah I, I think he should be a captain or a commodore by now. Seven can become a captain, yeah. and two two is an admiral. Uh, Chakotay, who was a Maquis leader, is a captain. And yeah, Kim. By now, my goodness, he's got to be something. Like, someone probably reviewed the logs and were like, okay, yes. hey, you're owed like four promotions, <laughs> right? Exactly. Man, commander at minimum. <laughs> like, yeah. What did you do to Janeway? <laughs> I want. Why does she I hate want, you? I want him to be captain of a ship and we get to know a little bit about his main crew. Mm-hmm. And one of them is like, God, I'm still an ensign. I can't ever get anywhere on this ship. <laughs> like, Don't complain to me, buddy. <laughs> yep. Seven years. Oh, here we go. Captain Kim's telling his seven years innocent story. <laughs> Uphill both ways. <laughs> But speaking of Voyager characters, the the two moments where they're like, um, Locarno looks just like Paris. And Boyd was like, I don't see it. Yeah. <laughs> Cracked me up. They had nope. like the same face. Uh, no, nope, nope, don't no. see it. No. The thing that killed me in this episode, I thought was just a, a, a fantastically dropped joke. Was the Ferengi paywall on the yes. drug button? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Two strips of platinum. No, oh, that was great. <laughs> they put a paywall on a bomb. Stupid Ferengi. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> so much sense, of course. Oh, that was so hilarious. That All right, was Veronica. They put it. A, put a paywall on it. How are they going to get the platinum? Well, right. they won't blow up if they put the platinum in. And if you don't have any platinum, you blow up. 
Yeah, that was it. Because that he was he was trying to deactivate it. Yeah. Yep. So instead right. of a code, it was a payment. <laughs> Monica, I need you to talk about the Ferengi in this episode. What did uh-huh. you think? And and were you happy with the way that they were portrayed? Yeah, I thought they were great. Mm-hmm. Um, it took them entirely too long to realize that there wasn't any profit in this for mm-hmm. them. But that was my only one gripe. But I really enjoyed um, the, the, the lines that they had and mm-hmm. their interactions with Mariner. I have got some new uh, rules of acquisition. Along the way, yeah, yeah, um, and I, their scheme was that she's like, you know, he he doesn't care about profit, like exactly more profit for us, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I thought it was good. I like the Fringy too. I, I I love that little new Fringy ship they're flying around in, the one that we saw earlier in the, in the season, but mm-hmm. it's new uh, on lower decks, and uh, yeah, I, I love that kind of stuff. They they they've, they've done such a great. They've come, they've come so far since season one on the ships. And they're they're just building ships like crazy. Even when they don't have, they could reuse a ship and they'll just build a ship. Yeah. I know. Yeah. The the ship that Mariner grabs to fly into the nebula is that a nice. new ship? No, it's a steamrunner. It's a what? It's a steamrunner class. They were. It was one of the background ships from First Contact, and it would show up in little spots oh. in the Dominion War. It's a. It's like a fan favorite as a steamrunner. It's a smaller ship. Um, oh. Yeah, but it's a steamrunner it's super class. Cool. It is. It's cool. a nice looking ship, and the way it has the, I guess, in the sails in the back, it reminds me of some seaplanes. You know, how you see seaplanes mm. in our real world right. with the engine in the back. Yeah. I thought it had a really cool look to it. Yeah, it's uh, a fan favorite that's never really been at the foreground, but fans do huh. look of it. But okay. their first scene at that that big battle, the big Borg battle in First Contact, but mm-hmm. um, but also it kind of ties in because it's um, you know, the whole lower decks thing. You know, where it's like. Yeah. A, the, the her- their her little hero ship is uh, yeah. a background ship. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and going back real quick, speaking of the Ferengi, it was rule 91. Your boss is only as good as how much he pays you. True. <laughs> and rule of acquisition 289, shoot first, count profits later. I mean, <laughs> they're really solid. throwing these things in. <laughs> they're solid rules. Those, that's, yeah. not, that's not bad advice. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The Ferengi and Quark's bar were not listening to that 91 rule that any person would Okay, Elaine says Matt had to explain to me the Tom Paris Locarno <laughs> bit. Ah. The great and thing about it is that I never in my life expected to see Nick Locarno again. Me yeah. either. Because he's been usurped by Tom Paris. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. I mean, and, and basically because Tom Paris was Nick Locarno yeah. and they changed his name so they don't have to pay royalties to the writer for seven years. Yes. Right. Um, same kind of thing with um with to, with to Paul. Well, they, they were they were she was gonna be to Paul, but they're like, oh wait, that's gonna cost us a lot of money. So just yeah, changed a couple letters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I mean, I just never expected Nick Lacano to come back again because it was just the other character that Tom Paris played, um, or Robbie McNeil played before he was Tom mm-hmm. Paris, and so it's just brilliant. Yes, agreed. And, and and it ties Mariner in directly with those TNG storylines. And we know that mm-hmm. Mike McMahon's a huge TNG fanboy, but also it, it gives us a yeah. concrete like age and timeline for Mariner because that's been a little bit vague over the last four years. Definitely. Okay. That she's right about the same age as, as Wesley Crusher. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she's, it's been 13 years since she was at the Academy or at least as she, you know, not since she graduated, but since she was, uh, she started the Academy really. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. yeah. So she's nine years on the Academy if she did it in four years, something like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, I thought that was very, uh, that was very interesting. There was a line that LaCarno said earlier where he said he was babbling, almost almost going villain monologuing. And he started he started yelling about the first independent unaligned fleet in history. And Boyma goes, uh, my kid would like to have a word. With right. Like a word. <laughs> right. That was great. 
Yeah. yeah. I thought that was cool. I, I, I feel like the Maquis didn't have a fleet, though. No, they, they, they like, had like a, ra- a ramshackle fleet. Yeah. 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 But I love that Nick Licarno also built his own ship, kind of like Tom Paris yes. built a Delta Flyer. <laughs> yeah, this was on a much different scale. Than, it was yes. on a different scale. Like, where time. did he get the resources? I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, I was saying when he got that crazy shield. I'm, yeah, I'm wondering what's what's he been yeah. up to. You buy one big replicator and you're on your way. <laughs> <laughs> you replicate whatever part you want. Yeah, the only the, the things for the, the replicator. <laughs> the you? only part of Nick's plan I think wasn't going to work is when he did the broadcast. It was like even the Starfleet. He's basically like, hey, if you're not satisfied, if you think your boss, your commander is no good, come join me. I I didn't I didn't envision a whole bunch of ships fleeing starships to go hang out with whatever the heck he's doing. I, I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's funny that he like Mariner's been on his ship for like three and a half minutes and he's just going to shove her in front of the camera and yeah. expect her to say the, the thing that he expects her to say. <laughs> right. That's yeah. Which is weird because she wouldn't have seen him in like 13 years. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And they barely knew each other as evidenced by the fact that he tried to kill her. Lily tried to kill her. Right. Because um, she actually said, they bar- you're right. He said, she's like, we barely knew each other. But, but you know, he kind of sort of reminded me of original series bad guys because mm-hmm. original series was replete with incredibly good captains and stuff who go crew completely bonkers. Right. So he, he kind of reminded me of that because he was the best of the best. Mm-hmm. And he has just been become nothing but bitter in all those years since. Yeah. Well, and he's he's very into his own version of the narrative. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know, yeah. He exactly believes that was he was say. wronged. He even yeah. says, yeah. I graduated top of my class. And she's like, you didn't even graduate. Like he's yeah. got this, <laughs> his version of his life in his head. Right. Yeah. But he, he knows Beckett's reputation Mm -hmm. and he's Mm -hmm. doing his own interpretation he's sort of like molding what he knows about her in his own image you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so clearly she's gone through all this and she's been kept down for all these years clearly she feels the same way i do right so it's a little bit of projection on his part oh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and it actually shows you that and and even with that that's actually one of my favorite episodes of tng um the first duty it also shows you what a Lacarno is a strangely dangerous person. I don't know if you call him a sociopath, but he's definitely like really badly narcissist. Because as you guys are saying, he writes the narrative. Because even at the end of the uh, the TNG episode, when they said that he gave this impassioned plea not to kick the rest of the team out, even Wesley says, "Well, he stood up for the team." I'm like, dude, you got somebody killed, so I don't know how much credit I want to give this guy. Mm-hmm. He could have been a strange captain. He could have been. You know, that kind of person where you always find out later there was something weird about them or something mm-hmm. dangerous about them hiding in them. I think it might be good that that came out. And he They kicked him out of the Starfleet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he's, he's, I, yep. he could have been buddies with that guy from the Reliant and um, yes. uh, from D, from DS9. Yes. Um, like oh, the mm-hmm. narcissist captain guy who, you know, believed that he should be the captain of the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, the young guy, the younger yeah. guy. right with the, Oh, yes. Yes. Or... Or the guy from Equinox and Voyager. Yes. I could see Locarno taking some of the same actions yeah. as that well, guy Absolutely. Did. Yeah. He's, I mean, the, the classic bad captain. They they'd probably start out like Nick Locarno's. Yeah. Right. Know? Yeah. And then you get pushed over the edge one day and you wind up, you know, on a, on a planet. <laughs> Becoming God. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Or whatever. laughs> Hanging out with a cosmic koala. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So going back to the starships, something that I was going to bring up. Matt chimed in with and says, I love finally seeing oh, a captain's yacht. Yes. 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 Yeah. They yes. showed it on lower decks before. Yeah. They even call it in the episode. Like, 
I never even I've never seen someone use a captain's yacht before. Yes. <laughs> and Matt, to add on to that, that yacht and all of that scene was literally the best animation I've seen in this series. Mm-hmm. I was like, did they put extra money into the animation? That animation was phenomenally good. Yes. Stunningly good. Yeah. All the yeah, all the ship action. Yes. In, in this show is great. I felt like this episode was and I'm Especially. I'm sure it's not just this episode. I'm sure the other ones have you know, especially the big finale battle episodes mm-hmm. or whatever. But man, they just do a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. I really with... loved when Mariner was flying through like the snowflakes. <laughs> the snow- yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Loved it. Um, our I, I'm I'm just gonna guess that this is Michael Phillips, but our unnamed Facebook user says steamrunner class i wondered what that was i think i have a new favorite class of obscure starfleet ships it's, it's agreed cool that was a really cool little ship yeah yeah and i love that something that lower decks can do too is just pull the like the that romulan ship that got really focused this episode and that was some mm-hmm. concept art you mm-hmm. know that, that was not even it wasn't even a ship on the show yeah um and i, I love that they pull that kind of stuff because mm-hmm. you know Early in Lower Decks, when it first started, the the model was lower resolution. They were playing kind of fast and loose. All the Starfleet ships that show up look kind of like like the Starfleet ship your mom would buy you at Cro- at Kmart because you couldn't <laughs> afford a real Starfleet ship. It was like the knockoff <laughs> Star Trek stuff. But over the course of the show, they've got they've really like honed it in, and they're mm-hmm. building like exact replicas or almost exact replicas of all these obscure ships and concept art and yeah. fleshing it, fleshing stuff out. Like they've really come a long way on it. Then, I mean, you watch season one and it, and it looks like a lot of like knockoff Star Trek ships. Mm-hmm. Agreed. For people, I was going to say for people in the Atlanta area, but that doesn't necessarily apply for people who go to dragon con on yeah. the regular. There's this dealer in the you know massive complex that is the dealer's room it's like a <laughs> freaking dealer's board cube building but there's this one guy who does artwork that he prints on like metal pictures mm, yeah. and metal um bookmarks yeah. and stuff and he yes. does all he does ships from all these different mm-hmm. properties and he does a lot of star trek ships so i was you know i buy stuff from him every year because his stuff is amazing yep and this year i was just like i don't even know conversationally talking to my friend daniel and it says something about lower decks or something and he was like oh well you know in case you're interested i am working on some discovery ships for uh you know for my line for you know you'll probably see them at next year's dragon con and the cerritos i was like buddy if you have a cerritos i will buy the hell out of it i I still want a cerritos hallmark ornament for my tree right and i wanted to have that thing suckling on the warpness yes like (laughs) why have they not made that i don't know this year though we're getting the apollo hand enterprise yeah and and great (laughs) yeah yeah that's That's great stuff uh yeah they they, they do a great job they've they've come such a long way with the world building and with building these Mm -hmm. characters um it's just great. And you know, I've said before, I mean, I said a couple times this year over the course of the different Star Trek series we've been watching, I get a little bit worn out on the continuity stuff. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I, I, I would like to have more new things. And this we didn't get that in this, but I thought they, they used the, the continuity callbacks in a really fun, unexpected way. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Right. Which Agreed. is the thing Lower Decks does mm-hmm. amazingly and yeah. does consistently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so based on what we know at this moment, which is very little, and it only really pertains to like our main characters, what do you think we might see in season five? Well, oh. 
the dangling threads they still have they didn't touch on this year. Sometimes they skip a year, like they'll yes. introduce yeah. Talyn and then you don't see her for a year, and then she's back the next year. That kind of thing, right? Um, right. Would be Boimler's transporter duplicate. Yes, Section Thirty One. Yes, Return to the Rutherford storyline. Rutherford. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. really hoping that we get some of that Rutherford storyline mm-hmm. next year. Yeah, because they tied up a lot of the dangling threads. This year. one episode tied up all the sentient AIs <laughs> that have been on the show so far. <laughs> but you notice that um, uh, Gucci is still hanging out. Yeah, I yes, saw I do. Yeah. I saw that. <laughs> I love that. What do you guys think we're gonna see? I think you covered. I think you covered it there as well. I'm curious. One thing you guys were talking about earlier is I'm curious how long Tindy's story will go. Will it go along or just like one or one episode? Because so, one thing I just thought of now when we were mm-hmm. talking about it would be hilarious if like Tindy was just back, and through the course of the uh, and through the course of next season, you find Flashbacks. out what she was up to. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That yeah, would that would be, be nice. really cool. I thought you meant they pull a shacks and they're just like tending. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> right. The, the weird thing about that is when Tendi changed her personality back into what is she, the mistress of the winter mm-hmm. constellation? Something like constellation. Yep. Her face completely changed. And then they had what I wrote down in my notes is the simply the best music I've ever heard in lower decks to end that episode. It was dramatic, it was somber. Oh, yeah. And I was like, that's a whole lot for Tendi to go out on Tendi when she says, I can, I've got this, whatever. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really wild. And also the thing that I thought was interesting is when she met her sister, you know, somebody else in lesser hands who would have been more comedic, they would have made her sister more like her little sister, kind of goofy. No, she's she's taken over. She's like, look, I got two crime syndicates, syndicates I've got to merge. So it yeah. was not joking around. And so if Tendi goes back, she's got to really follow her sister and do some crime stuff. And again, I just, that, that music cue where her out was really odd because it's incredibly serious. Well, and that's, that's, I'm glad you brought that point up because I was kind of forgetting to mention that. I mm-hmm. loved that they segued directly into like the, the score just continues yes. on through yeah. the credits rather than yeah. it coming to a stopping point And then the closing, the, the normal right. closing theme song starts this one. I just loved the way that they segued the score just directly. And it just kept going into the the credits. It was well, they, really they, nice. They treated it, it like a movie. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And exactly. like the big finale, the music was very cinematic as well. It was yes. very Star Trek movie music. Yeah. And then, like you say, it continues on with like the star field instead of the traditional credits that we usually get. Right. Uh, and it, it was it was it was fantastic. Another thing though that I would like to see in season five, I would like to see them continue to use the Orions like basically like Klingon, like the TNG used the Klingons. Yes. Like right. Continue building yes. them and having the Orion storyline. They're obviously going to continue because that's the that's the cliffhanger but i would like to see that be continue to be a recurring thing because they're doing a fantastic job with the orions Mm -hmm. absolutely i would i would really like to see a little bit more binar yeah Yeah. that's a race that i've always been intrigued by and we really only ever saw them one time and now we've gotten a a few little glimpses of them this season and mariner understands their language (laughs) and I would love to see more of that. I would love to see that developed a little farther. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, they also never brought the Breen back. They they they, oh. they dropped yeah. the Breen in, in the at the end of season three, and we didn't see them at all. That's right. Three. I was thinking about that when I was watching yeah. this episode today. Yeah, the Breen are my top three aliens. I want to see more of that includes okay. the Breen, the Voth, and the Herogen. Uh, yeah, oh, those man, three the aliens. 
Yeah. I'm surprised no one's touched the Voth yet because that's oh my gosh, yeah. They're they evolved dinosaurs from Earth. Like that's I know like an obvious thing. They have a world ship. Like, yes, God. yes. <laughs> oh my god. Um, Fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Charles, you were mentioning that the, they treat the ending like a movie. Another thing you don't have to do in an animated cartoon is when it was weird when Tendy was standing there. I know this because I rewound that scene five times, seriously, because <laughs> I love the music that much. When Tendy was standing there, they actually show the uh, the Cerritos blink out of sight as the ship went to warp. Mm. And they took time to animate that. But if you look at it very carefully, her body language changes as soon as they go to war. Mm. And then she says, I can, I've got this or I can do this. And then she becomes that other tendy. Yeah. And that's just an amazing detail for a cartoon. Oh, yeah. uh, just amazing. Again, mm-hmm. which was like, what, 26 minutes, however long it was. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I don't think it's that I long. Think, you know, I think yeah. it was 29 minutes today. Was it? Oh, so wow. oh, I didn't notice that it was longer than than yeah. than typical. Yeah, I, I, actually, I think it said like thirty minutes and something when I was watching because I was I was I did not wake up. But even so, it's twenty nine it. minutes. Like when we get a, an yeah. extra long, like Strange New Worlds or Picard, mm-hmm. it's like sixty five minutes. Yes. Yes. Wow, that was long. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's not, yeah. not even touching half an hour yet. Yeah. Yeah. One thing, and this is a Star Trek thing, so it is what it is. I wrote in my notes, does this, this any successful officer ever follow the rules 100%? No. And I think the answer oh, is no. No. Because <laughs> no. it's a drama. Yes. <laughs> that would be boring. Well, not only that, but if you don't have somebody who creatively thinks in that yeah. position, you're mm-hmm. screwed. If right. you have somebody who only ever follows the rules and only goes by the book, they are not going to get very far. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did think it was weird they ch- decided to name that planet Lacarno's world, given that he was a criminal. But yeah, hey, well, yeah. <laughs> well, that just tells like that's you gonna come back and bite them. The foreshadowing, exactly, yes. <laughs> exactly. And plus, okay. when they go back there later, you'll you'll remember. Oh yeah, I remember what this is. You know, if it was like made at Angeli Four, you may yeah. not catch it. First. But they say we're going to Lacarno's world, right? Yeah, <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I think this this season has just been a triumph. I mean, every year mm-hmm. we we just say it every year, but mm-hmm. it, it actually does get better every year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought this the the writing, the comedy, the use of the Star Trek lore is just so smart. It's yeah. so yeah. satisfying to watch. Um, and like I said, little things like like that Ferengi. Um, it's just a gag that just works so well. The little Ferengi. Um, the paywall. On, yeah. the, on the struck button <laughs> because it's like of course and, and but that's a big yeah. dramatic moment but it's hilarious too yeah yeah um i think i mentioned this last week if i ever run into mike mcmahon i'm hugging him right i think i i, I remember now because i actually said terry metallis and then you corrected yes. me and i said well <laughs> you know i'll hug terry metallis him too <laughs> everybody gets a hug i'll take what i can yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, and I think I think the words you said, uh, Charles Triumph, is correct. I have never been as surprised by a Star Trek series, I think, as I have this one. Maybe the only one that comes close is Deep Space Nine. Yeah, um, yeah. Be- because I just went along for the ride. I had no, um, despite everything I say about things like the Kelvin verse movies and stuff. I never, ever, ever go into a Star Trek series prejudging. I never do that. Oh, I'm going to hate this because of whatever. I just sit there and, you know, give it to me. And yeah. man, they, they've blown. And again, I think I told I may be the only one here never seen. Is it Rick and Morty? I keep having to ask yeah. that question. Yeah. Yeah. Never seen a second of yeah. that. So but I now you should go watch it. 
Yeah. yeah. Rick and Morty is good. Um, mm-hmm. I, it took me a while to get into that. And that was after Lower Decks. I went back and gave Rick and Morty a try. But yeah, uh, every yeah. time there's Star Trek news that I'm not thrilled about, I try to mm-hmm. remind myself the way I felt when I heard that a guy from Rick and Morty was doing a Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because I even used to like snidely call it Trek and Morty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I mean, they, they, they've proven themselves. I mean, it, it, I still say lower decks is the best current star Trek series for me. Um, and that includes season three Picard that includes like, strange new worlds. Yes. Um, yeah. Agreed. I, they're just killing it. You know, I, I hear people and, and like a couple of people that I know have said things like, you know, I, I don't watch that or prodigy or whatever, because I just don't like watching cartoons. And I, I guess I can kind of understand that. But at the same time, you have really lost out on yeah. a spectacular star trek show yeah if you feel that way you don't want to watch cartoons do this turn on the like the audio captioning and then don't look at the screen and it's like an audio play yes yeah oh yeah yeah i I do that sometimes when i'm driving i'll have it where my phone's like where i can't see it yeah but Mm -hmm. it'll it'll play the audio and stuff um and it's it's delightful Nice. I, I saw somebody online today who said that, Alan, and it's it is what it is. We prefer yeah. what we prefer. I I literally can't comprehend not liking cartoons because I am just like to me animation is just amazing. I was amazed at how many people have actually said that online. They're like, "Well, I don't really like cartoons, but I like Lower Decks." Like, wow, mm, interesting. That's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah, a lot of people say good. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I also can't comprehend people who who say they can't watch black and white. Right. anything mm-hmm. anyway mm-hmm. um two last things um our facebook user says lower decks is amazing star trek well True. we all agree with that True. oh yeah. now there's three comments <laughs> elaine says we watched the ready room today jerry o'connell and don lewis were on don said she is already working on recording for season five Yay! yes wow. well, and we knew that that was already done and written and in pre-production so i'm glad to see that they are in the recording uh-huh. booth and I'll throw in real quick that I do want them to bring back what Will Wheaton now so he can have scenes with Ransom. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Stand by me, kids. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. And then Matt finishes us up by saying, it's hard for me to compare animated Star Trek to live action. I love Lower Decks, but I can't somehow quantify that enjoyment against Discovery, Strange New Worlds, or even Picard. Like they're two different okay. things. Yeah, yeah. I, can. I, I can see That's that. That's cool. Yeah. I can see that. Okay. Well, yeah. Sounds like we're all pretty thrilled with uh, the season finale of Lower Decks. We've got a we've got a while now. We've got um, yeah. we'll have a break before next year. We should have Discovery and Star Trek Prodigy now. So we've Yay. got Star Trek coming. Whew, it was getting touch and go there for a while. Yeah. But <laughs> next week we're going to have a belated uh, celebration of our 140th episode. Yes. And so we'll be talking about the 140th episode of all the Star Trek shows that made it that far. All three um, of them. Yeah. And we'll and we'll post a, a, a master list. What we do is we just go to Wikipedia and look at the one that's numbered 140. And that's sort of like so we don't spend the next week debating what counts as an episode, which <laughs> production order versus air date. And all yes. That kind of stuff. Right. We'll never have time yes. to watch the episodes. W- ones that were originally one feature length episode. And now they're right. kind of just two parters. None of that. We yeah. just go to Wikipedia and say whatever it says. That's right. And Wayne and Elaine, for, for you who said that there are certain things you don't remember about old track and names and stuff, buckle up. Because we're going to start doing some deep dives That's right. <laughs> yeah. during yeah, the time. A lot of deep dives. We're working against some guests on. We're, we're going to yeah. keep it lively um, mm-hmm. to make use of our time before before Discovery comes yes. back. But, so continue I mean, to join us every Thursday mm-hmm. at 8 o'clock. And especially next week, because in number 140, yep. one of my 
all-time favorite Star Trek episodes we're going to get to talk about. I'm going to literally spend half of the episode on that one. On that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Alan, where can people find more of you? Well, you should go and look into, if you're a music fan, you should go and look into Modern Musicology because, well, it's a great show for one thing. We're coming up on our 100th episode for another thing and our second anniversary. And we've now got some new guests lined up for future episodes that are pretty exciting. So join the fun. And if you're a Doctor Who fan, you should go and listen to Doctor Who A to Z, Doctor Who Auton to Zygon, because there is a ton of stuff happening in the Doctor Who world right now. Who we have an episode coming out tomorrow morning that's going to be covering all of those Doctor Who. Uh, it's called Tales of the TARDIS that came out yesterday. We're diving into every one of them in our episode tomorrow morning. So look for that. Awesome. And how about you, Keith? Um, X and Facebook, primarily the ESO Network Facebook groups. And how about us, Veronica? FeltNerdy.com. And? Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. That's right. We just posted our discussion of the film Head with special mm-hmm. guest Alan Seiler. Woohoo! Um, our next episode, everywhere. literally as we're recording this tomorrow, we're going to Wilk Street Records in Athens, Georgia for... <sighs> The Mickey Dolan's uh, new EP release, nice. uh, which is going to be fantastic. That's and amazing. Incredible reviews. Yeah. Um, that's going to be fun. So we're going to have an episode about that experience as well as about the EP. We've got a bonus episode coming up um, because we talk about the monkeys all the time. But I mean, we're living in a, in a two month period where there's a new Beatles single. There's a new Rolling Stones album <laughs> that's number one in yeah. certain places. There's... Um, Ringo Starr had a, an EP where Paul McCartney wrote and produced one of the songs. Like it's, it's yeah. going nuts. And yeah. so we're going to do a, a bonus episode about the other sixties groups. Um, nice. You know, that are active right now. And then um, close out the month with a discussion of the head soundtrack, which Alan was nice Woo-hoo. enough to come back for. So we got a, we're celebrating the head 55th anniversary, as well as the fact that we're, it's the sixties again, all of a sudden. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, uh, Bronca, do you have a closing for us this week? I had one and it's gone now. We'll make it oh, up. <laughs> okay, okay. Shoot first, ask questions later. Oh, shoot first, count latinum later. Today, there there you we go. go. You got there in the end. I got it. <laughs> All right, take care, everybody. See you Thanks, next guys. week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a positive rating. You can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. You can join in the fun on our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. You can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com. We'll see you next time. Live long and prosper. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.